conversations about sex work in the media are rarely honest about all the complexities. They typically only talk about the dangers or only talk about the glamour. But actually, it's way more complicated. My name is Sarah Daniel, and I'm the founder and director of Unconditional, a nonprofit for women who work in the sex industry. We exist to be the bridge between the church and sex workers. We bring gifts to local strip clubs and begin life-transforming friendships. We say life-transforming because when a church lady and a stripper become best friends, both of their lives and stereotypes of each other are forced to transform. We also help connect women to unique resources and provide wraparound support. If you're in sex work and need assistance, it can be really difficult to find a service provider that won't judge you and can understand the unique challenges you may face. Over the past six years of running Unconditional, I've realized just how little the general population understands about the sex industry. I know because I was completely clueless at the beginning. We're starting this podcast to give an opportunity and platform for our friends to share about issues that are important to them and their work. Our hope is that when you're finished listening, you can understand that sex workers are just people, just like you and me. We know that this topic can cause some strong reactions and opinions and you probably won't agree with what every guest has to say. And if you're a sex worker, your experience in this occupation may be very different from what you hear. I encourage you to keep listening. We will have a variety of viewpoints, perspectives, and experiences represented throughout the show. We wanna represent the diversity of this industry as every person has their own story. And as we know, it can be really complicated. protect our guests from any repercussions of participating in this podcast, all names have been changed. Identifying information of clubs or other people mentioned in this podcast have been censored out. Due to the subject matter, viewer discretion is advised. I'm here with my friend Bree and her son, um, who you might hear him throughout the podcast. Uh, a lot of our friends who work in the industry have kiddos, and so want to be accommodating of that. So you might hear him fussing a little bit in the background, but he's looking pretty sleepy, so he might pass out any minute yeah, now, hopefully. too. <laughs> Wish kids knew, like, how lucky they are to get naps. Like, I know. Be, I love naps. I know. Who doesn't? I would be really blessed to, to have a nap right now. Yeah. But anyway, um, so today we are going to be talking about customers um, at strip clubs and what it's like to just deal with the patrons yeah. and the um, just the, the difficulties that can come with that and just the things that people don't know, the stereotypes people have even of customers um, and what it's like as a woman working in that industry to... To handle all that. So, um, Bree, why don't you just introduce yourself, share any information that you um, might want people to know, um, like maybe just any fun facts or anything about yourself that you, yeah, that you want to share. Um, my name is Bree, and I have a son, I'm a single mom with a son, and um, we do a lot of stuff outside, we love nature. Um, what else? I love animals. I want to be some kind of counselor eventually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm about to get my bachelor's and then I'll probably go back for a master's degree at some point. That's awesome. So are you, are you in school right now? Kind of. Um, so I got my bachelor's, but I just don't have my degree yet because I have to pay off a balance first, which you know is yep. normal for most yep. schools. 
But um, once I do that, I'll start looking at master's programs. Awesome, smarty pants. That's yeah. cool. It took me forever. Hey, it, it took me like eight years to graduate college. Hey, <laughs> but you did it. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what made you interested in counseling? Actually, um, working in the industry did. <laughs> so that was wondering. <laughs> well, because there's like a long-standing yeah. joke that uh, strippers are therapists, oh, and that's for like sure. half the reason for sure. men it's go there. It's a big part of the job. Yeah, yeah. And I just realized that um, I'm good at that part of it, the aspect mm-hmm. of it, and um, and I realized that I really was making a difference for the customers who did come in. So I'm like, well, I, it would be cool to for this to be useful in a different way also besides like you know when I can't dance anymore physically then I want to continue doing it in some fashion yeah Yeah. well that's a great segue into this topic (laughs) um then what just in general overall what um what kind of people come to the club that I think that's something that people don't really know yeah um well, it sort of depends on what day it is. Like, weekends is always bachelor parties and people who just turned 21 and, like, the more typical um, customer that people would envision. Mm-hmm. But throughout the week, and even on the weekend sometimes, it's, like, just regular people and people who just need someone to talk to, mm-hmm. people who are lonely, people who just got a divorce, mm-hmm. people who are just wanting to relax. It's, they all come in for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of about meeting them where they are and kind of catering to their needs rather than, well, that's, I don't know, that's my style of working, but it's a lot different from every girl's style. Yeah. So So are there different styles to how people deal with customers? Yes, for sure. Some, some girls treat all customers the same and some don't. So it kind of depends on the girl. Do you feel like you make more money if you're looking at the individual reason the person's there or? Um, does it matter? I think, I think sometimes, yeah, but, cause that's, you had to play the long game in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some girls don't do that and also make money. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on, uh, the girl and the customer. I don't yeah. know, every time it's different. Yeah. But like all of my regulars are people who like to, um, talk about, talk about life stuff rather than just like someone who wants to come in for a quick dance yeah um so i have a very specific clientele type that i go after okay can you explain what a regular is for people who may not know yeah a regular is someone who you have an established relationship with that you met at the club and continues at the club and sometimes you like exchange numbers or just so they can be like hey are you working tonight and you can say yes or no and um it's just someone that you've known for a while that comes in specifically to see you mm-hmm. or is also like a regular of the club and they just come to that specific club yeah. on a regular basis. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Are there like pros and cons to regulars? Yeah. <laughs> what are the pros? What are the cons? Um, the pros are that it's regular money, consistent money. Yeah. Um, the And it's like cool. It's cool to get to know someone on a on a level other than just like as a customer yeah um the cons are sometimes you just get tired of them (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you may not like spending time with them yeah you're like i'm tired of you today yeah but of course you never say that but um yeah i don't know if it's especially sometimes you can have regulars that you like tolerate just because of the money aspect but Mm -hmm. a lot of times regulars are just people that you genuinely like yeah 
<laughs> Let him. Uh... Oh, he's her baby. Just uh, is definitely about to pass out any minute now. He's fighting it hardcore. Oh, but no. Um. So how how does someone become a regular? Is it just they come all the time, or like do you? So you said you kind of like target you know specific types of clients, or how's all that yeah. work? Um, a lot of times whether they're a regular of the club in general or not, um, if you just see each other a couple times and, and talk a couple times and they're, then they start asking, Oh, when do you work? What's your schedule? And then that's when you know they're going to become regulars because they come in just for you or, um, they make plans ahead of time. Mm -hmm. That's like how it kind of becomes established. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever ran into any issues um, with any like stalkers or anything like that? Because I know some, no. I've had some friends talk to me about that. Yeah. Do you feel like you've avoided that for the most part? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to not have anything like that before. Um, mainly because I'm just good at avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I keep my work life and then my my regular life just like separate and I don't. I don't let them cross over, which I think is how I've avoided that. Yeah, and that can be really hard to do, I would yeah. imagine. Like, have yeah. you ever ran into a customer outside of work and, like, um, and be in your regular life? I I haven't, well, I haven't, like, run into them, but I've, we've, like, made plans to go to a show or dinner or something. Uh-huh. So, like, I have not that way, but not just, like, randomly. And if I did, I would, of course, say hi and just, like, yeah. you know, like, regular. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of a good transition then that I think a lot of people don't know about the aspect of meeting up with clients outside the club Mm -hmm. and what exactly that looks like. Um, And so sometimes when people build up that regular base, then that can mean going out on on dates with them. Can you explain that a little bit for people? Yeah. Um, So some girls that work at the club refuse to do that at all, which is fine. Right. Um, and I very, very rarely will just because I'm so busy outside of work anyways. But um, I have an occasion, like, gone to a show or dinner or something. But I only do it with people that I've known for a while and that I trust and uh-huh. kind of something like that. Yeah. So it kind of depends on the girl, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's really smart, though, because, like, I think sometimes, especially when people are young and starting out in it, they don't realize how dangerous it yeah. can be and that yeah. that's how women go missing sometimes and right. stuff like that yeah so are there any like safety things we had another episode about you know violence against sex workers so just trying to share different like safety things for potential mm-hmm. listeners but are there anything that you do to ensure that you know them or to create safety in those meetups um i definitely if i'm like thinking about doing something outside the club with them i would definitely like ask other people who know them like mm-hmm. hey are they a good person you know what's their background um I don't know I kind of you just have to you know trust your instinct I guess mm-hmm. and I'm I'm lucky to be very in touch with mine so I know yeah. if I have a bad feeling like you know it's off the table for sure yeah and but that's I, that's something we've talked about with other people in interviews like yeah like nothing's worth that much money if yeah. you don't feel like good about it you know yeah because usually if you have a weird feeling about somebody it's for a reason, reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah something bad's gonna happen okay so kind of talked about regulars and what that looks like but mm-hmm. so who who are these people that are coming to the club 
Like, who are these? Are they... Like, regulars or just in general? Just in general. Um, um, so, talk about, like, bachelor party, people who are lonely. But, like, talk about, like, racially, socioeconomically, like... Yeah. Um, relationship status. Yeah. Like um, it's all... All of those things. It's just every race, every economic status, every job. It's, um... I don't know, especially the club that I work at, is we uh-huh. have a very diverse... Um, clientele base and which is cool because you meet people from all over the world just by going to work and um we have people who are super poor that come in and people who are super rich that come in Mm -hmm. and people that you know work at Burger King and people who are like CEOs so I don't know it's kind of it's cool that we can that my job can attract all of those different kinds of people Mm -hmm. um and I think that's really good exposure for the girls that work there to learn how to treat everyone the same, hopefully. Mm, yeah. You know, you know, not and not treat people differently based on stuff like their job or how much money they have. Like, everyone mm-hmm. deserves to be treated the same. And everyone deserves to have a fun time when they spend their money to come in there. Yeah. In my opinion, you yeah. know. But there was this guy who... He's actually a regular, and he comes in a lot, and he like does not have a lot of money and he tells me oh they just mm. cut my hours and I'm like save your money like I want you to be yeah. here but go home like keep your money you know I feel bad <laughs> taking his money after he tells me that that's a very unusual thing to say I know but don't give me your money yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the typical <laughs> response I feel bad but for any uh any kind of industry yeah um so what has been like some of the difficulties in dealing with customers or things that you've had to overcome or navigate or learn over the years um I'm really impatient so if people (laughs) if people like just want to sit and talk like that's fine but you only have five minutes and I'm starting my timer (laughs) you know if if you're not gonna give me money if I know that by five minute mark then I'm gone you know time is money in that place so you have to do that or else you're gonna waste your time and not make money yeah um so learning how to do that has been interesting. Learning how to read people mm. um, has been something that's been kind of challenging, but definitely a useful trick to know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and just kind of dealing with personality types that I don't generally get along with uh-huh. or just don't, I'm not like compatible with, but like acting and you know, doing it anyways mm-hmm. in order to make money and yeah. make them happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people don't realize that that is a huge skill that most people who work in the industry have, is yeah. the ability to, like, like, I had a friend one time, and like, oh, like, this is stripping, it's the only thing I'm good at. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like, you know how to, like, keep a straight face when a customer is grossing yeah. you out, or, like, when you don't yeah. like them at all, you still know how to make them feel like you think they're so important right now, right. or, like, yeah. and that's a huge skill in any job that yeah. deals with any sort of customer service, is, yeah. like... I think the best actors in the world are are strippers. Yeah, that's true. So much acting, yeah. Because I'm I'm very very shy, um, like when I'm not at work. Mm. But no one would ever guess that. Why Why do you think that is? Um, I've always been shy, like okay. my whole life. But I have the ability to perform and, mm. um, you know, make people feel at ease and stuff when I'm at work. I don't know where it comes from, mm-hmm. but I can I can do it, so I do do it. You know, do you, uh, 
Sorry. He's so cute. I just can't. Um, do you feel like there's been like stereotypes or judgments you've had to deal with from customers or like they come or like oh, that yeah. they've come in with the wrong expectations or just like talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, there have been customers that have come in and then they're like, why do you do this? I'm like, excuse me, you're the one who came here. Why are you, like... <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> right, like, why are you here if I'm here, you know? Um, or they'll be like, oh, I wish you didn't have to do this, or what are you going to do for, like, a real job? They'll say, like, kind of demeaning stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously serving a purpose to you right now, so right. you shouldn't, you know, judge me. But... Um, that's crazy to me to have judgment from the people who are there. Who pay like, to go the reason that you have a club. job is right. because they are there. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're the demand to my supply. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. And like me going to like, I don't know, like an ice cream store or something and be like, what? like, why are you providing ice cream? You yeah, know, it's like, because exactly. you want ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Is there any but. other like situations like that that you've had to deal with or assumptions? Um. Yeah, well, a lot of times people will say stuff like, oh, you're too pretty to be doing this, or you're too smart to be doing this, or just stuff like that, like kind of, what do they call backhanded compliments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, well, if you say all those things about me, then that's like actually wise of me to do this because I'm using that rather mm-hmm. than, you know, not using it. And people, I think people just, I don't know, they think about it, you just being like, a body and not a person mm-hmm. and um especially that's like from a lot of girls from a lot of female customers that come in or just mm-hmm. like girls I know in general they they see it and like are kind of not disgusted by it but are just like oh I would never do that like I'm too good to do that mm-hmm. we're like well you have a body that you could be making money off of and you're not and mm-hmm. I am so you know yeah, you you could be money doing the same thing, make money and doing the same thing I'm doing, and you're choosing not to, and that's that's not my fault. That's your fault. You know, right. don't be mad at me for that. Yeah, but um, well, I think people don't realize how that can make you feel. Too, yeah, of being like, oh, I could never do that, and like, oh, if that's true, like, then that still is hurtful to hear someone say that about your occupation. Right, I would imagine. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I've been doing it for six years, so I just have learned to block it out. And Mm -hmm. um, I just realized that they're kind of coming from a place of ignorance because they don't really know what happens, which is fine. Like, that's when those are the times when I want to be like, this is how it really is. And I want Mm -hmm. you to be able to change your mind about it. Yeah. Um, But it's it's been cool because some people have, like, they come in with a certain idea in their mind and then they leave and they're like, you know, you've really, like, changed my mind about this job. Like, you're an exception to this. I'm like, no, I'm normal. You need to make change your mind about the whole idea. Right. You know? Well, I think people just have this idea that like, one thing I hear from people a lot is like, oh, like I, I don't know any sex workers or strippers. I'm like, mm, yeah, you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I've yeah. said that in every episode I've recorded, but it's yeah. true. Like people just don't, it's like this far off other and people aren't like, yeah. oh, this is just a normal human being. Yeah. You know? Right. Right, people automatically just like group you as a different like species or something, mm-hmm. you know. But and they're always surprised to find out that you have like normal hobbies or like yeah. another job or just like a regular functioning family or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I just never thought those two would be com- you know compatible with each mm-hmm. other. Like once you're in sex work, then that's like they define you as that rather than it's just a, being a part or an aspect of your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they just can't sometimes see past it. 
what would you what what are some now we're kind of on this track like what are some misconceptions you'd want to clear up for people about women working in sex work um that they are normal people with <laughs> normal lives and yeah. they just happen to have a, a job in sex work and yeah. um I don't know I think I think it's that they found that it's something that they're good at and there is definitely a demand for it and I think if there was no I think if there wasn't sex workers and there wasn't a sex work industry then um, I think a lot of guys would really struggle with where to take those emotions or take those needs because there wouldn't be a place for it you know Mm -hmm. it's, it's I've actually thought about that before because there's guys that, you know, like the guys who are lonely or don't have anyone else to talk to, like where else would they go? You know, they can't, they don't have anywhere else to go to talk to people like that, that they can be open with. Do you feel like you, I mean, it sounds like from this conversation, like you have a lot of empathy for the I customers. do, yeah. I'm very empathetic. Yeah. There's been, <laughs> I get this a lot. Actually, people will just like start talking about their lives. This happened to me a couple nights ago at work and this guy stopped himself and he was like, I don't know why I'm telling you all of this. Like, you know more about me than most of my friends. And it's just like that. Like, they just need someone to vent to. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm glad you can be here. So do you want to go do a lap dance now? (laughs) Do you want to pay me for everything you just told me? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been interesting. People will will really confide in you there. Why why do you think that is? I think it's just, like, a safe space for them. Mm. And... I think they kind of just feel like it's a place where they can go, like dump their feelings or whatever they need to get off their chest or get some kind of release or just be like touch somebody, you know, feel like someone, feel like they're desired, you know, by somebody else. You know, humans need that and that's a place you can go to get that and you just happen to be paying someone to do it. Mm. You know, like there's people who are professional cuddlers. Yeah, I've heard not, about that. Yeah, that's not stigmatized, <laughs> but it's like... I mean, are you sure it's not stigmatized? Have you met Maybe any it is. I don't know. cuddlers? Have you met any? We'll have a cuddler on the show. This is considered part of the sex industry. You're right. <laughs> That'd be an awesome job. Just professional cuddlers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really impressed with your amount of empathy because I think one thing I've struggled with is no. judging the customers that mm-hmm. come in especially no. the ones that aren't kind no. to my friends <laughs> you okay dude no you're not okay <laughs> no no hey you're yeah I I feel like I've struggled with uh, making assumptions about the customers and especially mm-hmm. ones who like have treated my friends poorly or have been dangerous, you know? And so it's just yeah. like, well, if they do yeah. stuff like that, then, you know, I feel like it's justifiable to judge them. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, then I just like every single person, I'm just right. like, well, you must be a terrible person right. to be Well, it's funny because some customers do that and then they do that to other customers that are there. Mm. So I'm like, well, you're judging one of your own kind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you going to come in and then judge other people exactly like you? Like you're both customers. Yeah, like they judge other customers for being there. Yeah, but they're there. Yeah. So what's their basis? Right. For that? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's so interesting. Like it's so weird. I'm just like, so how? Why are you different from them? I mean, you don't you don't know the reason why they're in here. How are you gonna yeah. judge them? You know. Um. Do you so? And we don't have to talk about this, but do you feel like uh or. Have you had customers try to date you? Have you dated a customer? Oh I mean, because that all that happens for a lot of people. Yeah. And I feel like that could get really slippery really fast. So. Yeah. I 
have had, well, you know, it happens probably every shift. They try and get my number or mm-hmm. go on a date or meet outside. And um, unless they're a regular that I've known for a while, like I told you before, yeah. I, I won't do it. And I tell them that and they get like all offended. I'm like, sorry, you realize that you made the realization that this is my job and I'm not here to meet people. Like, I'm right. I think that's why you came in, but that's not why I'm here. Right. But, you know, once they make that realization, they get their heart broken. But, <laughs> you know, the guy know what it is before you come in. Yeah. But I have, saying that, I have dated customers um, once I've gotten to know them mm-hmm. pretty well. And they have, they've been really good relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only happened, like, I think twice mm-hmm. in the six years that I've been dancing. So Was there any, like, complicated nature of that? Um, no. Because we met there, they, of course, weren't, like... Wanting, they weren't like weird about the job or like wanting me to stop or anything. They yeah. Didn't, you know, they, it was just like normal to them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's interesting because I had some people who told me like, then they start dating customer and the customer's like, you can't work there anymore. It's like, Ooh, well, I hate you that. work, like you met there, you yeah. met at work, like kind of knew what yeah. you were There's a lot of girls that are like, my man won't let me do this or he wants me to stop. And I'm like, well, if he's wanting, that's a whole nother thing. But I'm like, that's yeah. not the right person for you. If he's telling mm-hmm. you to stop doing what you're doing to make money you know or if even if you enjoy it why would you be with someone who tells you to stop doing something you enjoy you know do you think it's hard for men to have girlfriends who are working in the industry which is kind of a different topic but um i think if they meet there then not as much as if they meet outside uh-huh um just because of the whole stigma thing mm-hmm. but I don't know. It takes a really secure man to be able to handle that, to mm-hmm. be able to handle dating someone who works there, for sure. Yeah. Has that been, and again, you don't have to answer all of these. Uh, <laughs> has that been difficult for you or in trying to date and just? Um, I mean, honestly, I haven't really been trying to date, but I think that it would be an issue just because of what I've talked to from people who come in or... Yeah people that I have dated in the past, um, they all say that they're fine with it, but I think the more serious your relationship becomes, they, right. they get to a point where they're like, I can't handle it anymore, or my feelings have changed, or mm-hmm. there's always a point, I feel like, where this is just like a deal breaker, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, because they all want to be like the cool boyfriend who's who's okay, <laughs> you know, acts like they're okay with yeah. their, their girl dancing at the club, but um, I think eventually it gets to them. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, though. I mean, mm. there's plenty of people who are married or have successful relationships, so mm. I'm just not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're super goal-focused yeah. right now, too, yeah. and you're a mom, yeah. so the fact that you would have, uh, like, any free time to do anything besides work and go to school and take care of your son and, like, yeah. I don't know, I think that's super impressive, so, Thanks. yeah, like, you're balancing all the things. I think that's yeah. something people don't realize, too is that um, just like any other job, like you have, like most of the women that are working are having to balance a lot of different things, especially yeah. with like kids and yeah. and yeah. school. And... and that's the good thing about the job is that it gives you the time and the financial resources to be able to do that. Like mm-hmm. if I didn't work at the club, I couldn't travel as much as I do. I couldn't pursue things that I'm able to pursue. Like it's opened up so much opportunity for me Mm. um because i have my days free and i have um money that i wouldn't normally have Mm -hmm. that i can use to go to school or 
you know, put my son in some kind of swim class or something, you know, like I wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. Yeah. I had a regular job. And, uh, shoot, I have a really good question to go with that. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, oh, I remember what I was With the uh, childcare, do you feel like it's been easy, it's easier to find someone just to like watch your son while he's asleep, easier than to like find someone during the day? And is that like kind of um, a pro to working night shift? Yeah, it's definitely cheaper to do that. Oh, okay. Um, it's harder to find people to find night babysitters, but it is definitely cheaper. Um, yeah, but it's, I went, I've been through a couple people at night for the, like, you know, babysit at night, but once you find good ones, you know, you gotta stick with them. Yeah, gotta be loyal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, and, well, and you're, you're getting a faster, like, kind of return on investment, so to speak, because... A lot of times with childcare, you're paying for five days a week and have to figure it out every right. single day. But if you can only work right. a couple days, then that would be something that would be very appealing, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. childcare is very expensive, for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I found a really good babysitter actually right by the club, which oh, makes nice. things so much easier. Yeah. How many, how many nights a week do you work? Three to four. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like it's pretty easy to, like, snap... Like, we were just talking about this before the podcast, but do you think yeah. it's easy to snap back and forth between, like, third shift and being up with your kiddo, or is um, that hard? It is hard. Like, I'll get, I'll go to bed at, like, 4 on night, four a.m. on nights I work, and then yeah. he'll be up at 7. Oh, my gosh. And then I'll, like, have to work again that night, and it's hard. That's why I need, like couple days off to just catch up on sleep and um yeah it's it's well like I took a break for a couple months and then I went back to work and it was so hard in the beginning but you know my body got used to it and um you just learn how to function on sleep deprivation (laughs) what is the hardest like what's the hardest aspect of your work would you say that you'd want people to know or understand um it is very um draining Mm. like for me it's it's kind of draining emotionally not you know not every dancer is like that but because I'm very empathetic it does like it does drain me emotionally it's very mentally draining Mm. um physically draining so you just it's really important to like have self-care days where you kind Mm. of recharge and get yourself back together in order to continue working um because like attitude is everything if you Mm. go in with a bad attitude like you're not gonna make money Mm. but if you go in with a good attitude then you'll be fine which i think some people uh (laughs) sorry sounds being funny again uh i think sometimes there's this misconception that like dancers can just show up to work and be however they want but it's like customers can sniff it out like you had someone the other night be like why are you upset or like why are you in a bad mood? And I'm just like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm tired. How'd you know that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like in some ways, yeah, you have to put on a fate, like a game face more than a lot of other jobs. Yeah. You can't just like being, acting some type of way. Yeah. I think people don't always understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's very like, yeah, that's true. Because usually with other jobs, it's just like some kind of transaction or mm-hmm. brief you know, moment where you have to talk to someone, but this is very personal and you have to spend a lot of time with them and you have to keep it up for a lot longer than you would have to at 
you know, other jobs. Yeah. But it's also very rewarding, like, being able to see that someone had a good time because of you. That's the rewarding part about it. So it's all worth it, you know. Yeah. So whenever you first started, did you, like, have an amount of time you were hoping to stay in the industry? Or were you just kind of like, I'll figure it out? Or sometimes people start out with, like, a goal for a length of time or amount of money. I never had a goal. Um and I kind of still don't. Uh-huh. I'm kind of like, I guess, I don't know, whenever I find something different that I want to pursue that could replace it. Mm-hmm. Or until, like, I physically just can't, you yeah. know? Because there's dancers who, at where I work, are that are, like, I don't know, in their 40s, mm-hmm. 30s and 40s. Yeah. So you can do it for a long time, you know? But um, I don't know. Or if I just get tired of it and want to do something else yeah but it's gonna it's gonna be very hard to replace mm-hmm. for yeah. sure I mean that amount of money is really hard yeah and just to like replace. the flexibility of it mm-hmm. like if I don't want to go to work I'm just like well I'm just not gonna go to work like you can't do that at other jobs mm-hmm. uh, you sometimes know. you can't do it at the club you work at right <laughs> They're very strict yeah they can schedule. be strict <laughs> yeah they can be very strict but. depending who you are and how long you've worked there yeah but it's the only one I know that like people have to like put in for vacation yeah. and stuff. I don't ever do that. But because I've been there for a while. Well like, yeah. Yeah. They if you're really, they really care. If you're starting out or you don't have like a great relationship with yeah. management, then it can be Yeah, very, it's important to stay on their good side for sure. Sticky. Yeah. And also a point like the the club that you work that you work at from my experience, and you can completely correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they're probably the most proactive club in like customer dancer safety and Mm -hmm. like of like watching to make sure that everything's happening that's supposed to be happening i mean i'm i know stuff still happens but um i don't know it seems like there's more like safety measures in place for with customers do you feel like that like um no you're right they're they're very conscious of that they have cameras everywhere and that they they check the cameras Mm -hmm. um and i just know that because I, I see them check the cameras every yeah, shift. Yeah, me too. And, um, yeah, there's bouncers everywhere. And you can just, like, go up to a bouncer. If someone's making you uncomfortable, be like, they need to get thrown out. And they'll just, like, not ask questions. They'll just take them out, you know. Yeah. Um, they walk you to your cars. And yeah. the staff there is amazing, and from my experience. But I did come from the only place that's even more strict. I did come from a different club downtown, and they were a no-touch club. Mm-hmm. So that was just a tiny bit more strict. Um, but in the other the other ways, they were not as good as the club I'm at right now. Can you explain what a no touch club is? It means that you can the customers cannot touch the dancers, and they'll just get like their hand slapped, you know, by a bouncer if they do. Or yeah. <laughs> well, our I mean, are all clubs supposed to be no touch clubs, or what? Do you know what the law is on that? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what the law is, but. I think that, I think the law says that it's okay to touch. This is supposed to, I think they're not supposed to touch, like, I don't, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I know, like. Because <laughs> I was like, I thought there was a two-inch rule, but I've also I heard that know. that club is a no-touch club. Yeah. And other I, ones are. So they I'm kind not of sure. just make it up to, like, dancer discretion. Of course, yeah. if something's inappropriate is going on, they'll stop it. But yeah. other than that, they don't really care. But honestly, like. It was a shock going from no touch club to a touch club, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't like it at first. But now I feel like it really makes the experience better. 
And I would feel weird going back to a no-touch club now because I'd be like, well, neither of us is really getting anything out of it. It's not, like, enjoyable. It's not as enjoyable as it could be. Yeah. Um, What do you like better about the touch aspect? So one of my kind of secrets is that I give really good massages. Uh Uh-huh. And my customers love that. And that's just, like, a good way to connect with them and um, get them to want to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has been really beneficial in that way. And uh, I don't know. That's probably what what I would say about that. But Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Some people come in and they tell me this. They're just like, I just want to be close to someone. I just Mm -hmm. want someone to be like, to hug somebody. You Mm -hmm. know, they just want like that physical aspect that they don't get. Yeah. Or they just want someone to, like, sit on their lap or just, like, give them a massage or, like, you know, play with their hair or something. Mm. Um, like, normal stuff that you wouldn't normally think about. Yeah. Um, and they come to us for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that they, you know, thought about it and thought about us to come to. Yeah, that's, like, I don't know. I didn't... It makes me sad almost. Yeah, I, yeah. you're really helping my empathy. Because, like I, <laughs> I said, like, I will, like, never judge a dancer all day, but, like... I definitely judge them that are there. Like, church lady confessions here. Like, that's that's my struggle. Um, and so, no, like, I think that's a really interesting thing about, like, that some people are there because maybe they never have anyone to hug them. Yeah. And, like, you're, like, you need, like, so many hugs to get through a day. I think you're supposed to get, like, six hugs a day or something like oh, that. Really? And, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm a very touchy person. Like, yeah. it annoys my husband sometimes I'm just like hug me (laughs) all the time but but yeah that's really I don't know I think for me I only think about like customers coming for just like like sexual need or sexual uh, or sexual objectification or you know like things like that just them like being some do come for that misogynistic or you know whatever sometimes like strictly for that right which is fine you know but I just haven't really thought about men that are just like lonely and I don't know and that makes yeah. me wonder about like what just like our my mind always goes zero to 100 but like just like our, <laughs> our society at large and like what like what are we doing as a society where there's like so many lonely yeah. people you yeah. know I and I know. think I just I think I uh, get a lot of those customers just because of my work style and um future as a therapist (laughs) yeah my ability to make people feel comfortable and um a lot of those people are attracted to me because of that so those are that's like probably 90 percent of my clientele base is people like that Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah you know like i like it that way i don't necessarily like working with people who are just there to objectify me like that's fine i don't really care but it's not my preference Mm -hmm. um so I don't know I mean yeah I think that makes sense with what you want to do for a future career and and everything like that and some girls will work with just any customer but um unless I'm like really strapped for money I usually won't yeah because I'm just like it's not worth you know it's not worth it to me to to have to like tolerate something like that or tolerate Mm -hmm. a person I don't get along with but, um, cause I'd, I'd rather just wait it out and seek the, the one person who for the night, you know, all yeah. it takes is one person. 
I mean, that's good that you're in a position where you can be more particular yeah. about who, because not yeah. everybody is in that position. Yeah. Too, you know? Some nights I'm not. Some nights, you know, I'll just yeah. talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah. But... Like the slow months. Yeah. <laughs> like the Jay months. Yeah. I know. I know. That's all. <laughs> I was at a club one time. I was like, oh yeah, Jay months start next month. The <laughs> like, how do you know about that? Oh my gosh, it's so true too. <laughs> I know it's the summer, the summer slump. Yeah, we were talking. I was, was off topic, but I was uh, preaching at a church a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about how they didn't have many people there because they're like, oh, you know, summer slump. And I told them, oh, same thing at the club. <laughs> they're like, well, churches and strip clubs yeah. got something in common. Nobody comes in yep. the summer, yep. <laughs> and nobody tithes or spends money in the summer. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. so what are, um, just any, any other things or stereotypes or things that you feel like you just want to, to get out there or have with this platform to be able to communicate to people of like, and that can be pertaining to just your work in general, but, or, um, more specifically to interactions with clients and things like that. Um, I would just say, get to know us before making any kind of judgment. But I don't know. I kind of feel like that's true for life in general, <laughs> especially at the club. Um, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of times we don't judge you for what you come in for. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't judge us for the job we choose to have. It's probably what I would say. Yeah. And if someone has someone they love who is a sex worker, like, how can they not judge them? What does that look like on, like, kind of a practical level especially if they don't if someone doesn't agree with your job how Mm -hmm. can they still be like like someone you're in a relationship with you mean oh like a family member or a friend if they don't agree with what you do for a living how can they still be like a good human being to you you know so i experienced that with my family Mm -hmm. like probably half my family like my dad and my sister are both very active um at church okay (laughs) and they I cannot talk to them at all about my job and I've tried to approach it in like so many different ways but they um they just see it through like one view only and they just cannot get around it Mm -hmm. and I'm like look here I am a regular person you know taking care of my son you know pursuing school and I have that job and it's fine like you know it's nothing bad's happening Mm -hmm. but um if like if I try and talk to them about it, their mind is automatically going to go to the one percent of bad things that do happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, bad things happen at every job. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like they could make you feel supported? Um, I think just actually listening mm-hmm. and taking into account what I'm saying and just like believing me rather than you know believing what they see on TV or. Because neither of them have been to a club. Mm-hmm. So they're just, you know, going off their imagination rather than what I'm saying from my actual experience. Right. Which is kind of bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think I think just actually taking the time to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's kind of my hope with this podcast is to be able to give people exposure to a variety of experiences in the industry because I mean I think there's some things overall that everyone's experienced and then there's a lot that there's a large spectrum like you know there's people Mm -hmm. that have had really horrific things happen and other Mm -hmm. people this is how they paid for school or you know so yeah like my 
tip to the civilian people of this world like me (laughs) is just to get to know people on an individual basis instead of making assumptions and like just meeting people where they're at and understanding like everyone is completely different and I think Mm -hmm. I think that's even important for dancers to keep in mind is like just your experience doesn't necessarily what everyone's experience is for both like because I have friends who have had a positive experience in the industry and like don't believe any of the negative experiences and I'm like well my friend had this experience too like this is her reality you know and so one of my best friends um used to work at my club she had a horrible experience at night I was working with her Mm. and she had to leave because she just couldn't she had to leave the industry in general just because she couldn't mentally handle it Mm. um but yeah it's it's crazy like some I don't know it's like some dancers probably could have experienced that and would have been fine but mm-hmm. it's totally up to the individual and everybody's different but yeah I think that's why it's important just to treat people like human beings yeah it's <laughs> a good yeah. starting point and yeah. um yeah and especially like if if you don't because this is a question I get a lot of times from people from church or not really my church but just church people yeah. in general right. she's like well like how would i love how can i love someone in it without condoning what they're doing da, da, da. i'm like i don't know maybe just see people as individuals <laughs> <laughs> and it's like don't see them as their job yeah or... like see them as like children of god right. <laughs> that's what we all are yeah. um in my opinion um so yeah no i think that's really really good and i'd say you've really open my eyes to a lot of the issues of, of like customers because mm-hmm. yeah I have like a different empathy now going in of like yeah, that's good wow like I don't know I need to pray for them more <laughs> 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 sorry that's, that's like what I'm sitting here thinking like yeah yeah so it's you're true. just sitting yeah, here like convicting me of like oh my gosh like I just look at these men as like these horrible creatures and they're complex individuals too. They're more than they just are. going to a club. Yeah. Too. And yeah. I don't know their story either. I don't need to know it, <laughs> but I can say from afar. Yeah, right. Whatever. Um, but good. Like, I think that we covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. And um, thank you for sharing your experience and your kiddo here. He did really good, actually. No, he just squirmed a little bit, but he yeah. was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just kind of how to wrap up every episode. Just want to put out there for anyone who um, is working in the adult entertainment industry. If you need support or connections to resources, or just want someone to vent to about your job who isn't going to judge you for it, um, be sure to reach out to us. You can contact us online at our website, unconditionalministries.com, or through our email, just info at unconditionalministries.com. Um, You can also do that if you're interested in volunteering or becoming a monthly financial partner for us to help us uh, further what we do every month. So thank you for tuning in today. And thank you, Bree. And thank you to your kiddo for being (laughs) patient with us us as we sit here and chat. So we'll talk to you guys later.